Let's read our, our scriptures, Colossians uh, chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. I hope you've been doing this every morning and trying to do it throughout the day. I have been. And, uh, you know, I've, I memorize these. I know these scriptures, but it's amazing how, how much they have. I've just been receiving from this as I just concentrate on it and, and meditate on it. Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 13, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Praise God. Say this with me. You got that up there? Okay. Say this with me. Jesus is my King. I am a citizen of His kingdom. I live and dwell in his kingdom. Therefore, I have access to the privileges and provisions of the kingdom. Praise God. If you'll meditate on that and, and repeat that several times a day, your faith will grow and you'll begin to anticipate the goodness of God because you begin to realize that, hey, I am a resident of a heavenly place, a heavenly kingdom. Praise God. So we, we, we've got to get that in our heart, in our spirit. If, if you don't, <clears throat> you're just going to be, uh, you're going to be an eagle that can't fly. And that ain't good. Amen. We got a lot of eagles that can't fly and we've got to, we've got to get our wings out. We got to mount up. Matthew uh, chapter 3 is where we're going to be starting today. Matthew chapter 3. I'll <clears throat> be talking today about the kingdom of God is at hand and, and uh, a citizen by birth. A citizen by birth. The kingdom of God is at hand and I am a citizen by birth. In Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, it says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of God, <clears throat> kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is, this is he who was spoken of by the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now, John the Baptist began to declare, uh, repent, began to tell the people, repent. He the, the customary thing was to come to the temple and bring an offering. And, but John appeared in the wilderness to just begin to cry out, repent, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Very, very powerful statement. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. In chapter 4 and verse 17, we read that Jesus came on the scene after John and he said, from that, it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist, preaching repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus came behind him, preaching repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He wasn't just saying repent because you've done wrong. He's saying repent because there's something coming that you want to be a part of. Amen. Praise God. It's not just about not sinning anymore. 
It's about being brought in to the provision of God, and, and, but we have to repent. The first thing you got to do to enter the kingdom of God is learn to repent. Now, the word repent, it, uh, it has a very, uh, the meaning, most of us know what it is, but in the Amplified, it says to think diff differently, to change your mind, regret your sins, and change your conduct. Now, that's the word repent. It's all about deciding to do things different. But if it, all it amounts to is a New Year's resolution, then, then it's going to be a very weak thing because most New Year's resolutions don't make it three weeks. Because 21 days, it takes 21 days of discipline just to get something started as a life habit. So most people don't get to the 21 days. We, we, we do it a little bit, and then, and then we, if, if we don't build those new highways in our brain, then we immediately begin to drift back into the old roads. And our mind just goes down the old road because we're creatures of habit because our, our minds are imprinted. That's what we go by is the imprint of our, of our brain. But our mind is much greater than our brain, and our mind can actually, our soulish part can actually build our brain. You can build new pathways. You can change your mind. Amen. Everybody say, I'm going to change my mind. Hopefully that, that lasts longer than the time it get, took to get those words out of your mouth. I'm going to change my mind right back to it. But um, when, we, when it says repent, it means that we understand that what we're doing, our behavior, our conduct, our, our um, things we're familiar with, the things that we are taking part in are wrong and are against the Word of God, and so we need to change our mind and stop doing that to repent means to turn your back on it and go another direction okay and so repentance is the very first part of being in the kingdom of god now there's been a teaching lately that has went through the church i really don't understand why this is important to people but there's been a teaching lately that's been preached and gone through the church that once you, you repent one time, and because of the grace of God, you never have to repent again. And I really don't understand that. I, I don't understand why that's important to people. I think it's, I think it's an arrogance. I think, I think it's a thing of, um, I, you know, you can't tell me that I'm wrong, or I can't admit that I'm wrong, or, you know, I don't find any problem with it. I repent all the time. You know, because I come so short of the glory of God all the time. I know I miss opportunities that I, that I just didn't pay attention to. I know that I, that I don't do things that I should have done, and I do things that I shouldn't have done. And, but, and you repent all the time. <clears throat> the other day at work, I just, I, I just kind of said something that was, um, it, I really, it really wasn't bad, but it, was, it, it, it could be taken in a negative connotation. And that bothered me the rest of the day. I repented about that. I said, God, forgive me for letting words like that come out of my mouth. Forgive me for saying things like that because that's not the kingdom. That's not what, what I'm called to do. That's not what I'm called to be. You know what I'm talking about? If you're not careful when you're around, when you're around people that have the thinking the natural, you, you, you'll begin to think in the natural because you just, 
it, it's just there. You, 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 you kind of, you, whatever you're around, you, you start emulating. And it takes, it takes a strength. It takes a, an, an ability that is beyond us to be able to maintain our character and our status in spite of what we're around. Because you'll, you'll begin to emulate what you're around. And, but when you, when you have a determination, when you have a purpose, and you're able to, to establish who you are in Christ in your heart, then you'll maintain that regardless of what you're around. Amen. Praise God. I had a guy tell me one time when I was working the oil fields, after I'd been there for a while, he came up to me and he said, you know, I've noticed you're different. And I said, well, <laughs> that's kind of been, I've been told that a lot. He said, you don't talk like the rest of us. And you don't do the things the rest of us do. And he said, I've noticed that you're, you're different. And so I told him, I said, well, will you let me tell you why I'm different? He said, I guess. I said, I'm different because I've been born again and Jesus Christ lives in my life. I've been transformed by the power of God. And I don't, I don't live in that kingdom. I don't live in your world. I live in my world. I live in the world God has given me and I don't have to do those things. And I said, all you have to do is accept Jesus and repent and you can be changed just like that. Amen. And he was no longer interested in my explanation at that point, but, but he got it. I found, I found out there, there's a lot of times we would have to sit in, in our trucks when we was waiting in cold winter, blowing snow, and when, when we would have to wait to service the, the well when the drill hands was having a problem with the well or whatever, and we would have to sit in the truck and wait, I found out a way to, to own my territory. Amen. I don't live in everybody else's territory. I live in my territory, okay? Amen. They, they get to live in my territory. They get to live in my space. And so we're sitting in a truck, and you know, they'd get, they'd get to telling their stories and cussing and stuff. And I found out that I could, I could take complete control of that vehicle and my space just by sim simply getting my New Testament out and saying, hey, guys, I want to read to you what I was reading this morning. And I'd, I'd start reading the New Testament. And cold, blowing wind, pretty soon I would have that whole truck to myself. They would be standing out in the wind, and I'd be sitting there just smiling in the heat. You want to you wanna be in this truck? You get in my atmosphere. You get in my territory. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. There's one night they told me, they said, they said Snyder, we're going to stop at the bar on the way home, and, you, and, and you're, you're just going to have to come in and sit with us. I said, no, I don't think so. They said, well, what are you going to do? Sit in the truck? I said, no, I don't think so. They said, what are you going to do? I said, do you, why do you think that you have control of my life? I said, you go in the bar, I'm taking the truck and going home, you get home however you want to. I said, I am not a passenger of your life. Okay? They said, well, you can't do that. I said, absolutely, I can. They said, well, if you show up before we do, the boss will know that, we've been, that we're not with you. We've been, I said, exactly. So I said, I guess you just changed your plans, didn't you? Yeah. Some people are scared to death for people to not like them. 
I was not afraid of them not liking me. I was more afraid of being held hostage by them. So I took my own hostages. Come on, somebody. Amen. Uh, we got to get over this, this little, little, little petty stuff, you know. I mean, own your territory. Own who you are. Own your life. Praise God. Quit being pushed around by other people. Quit, being, quit, quit falling to the pressures around you. There are no pressures around you unless you have a desire to appease people. Amen. I'm not, I don't want to appease people. I want to see lives changed. I want to see their lives made better. Amen. I'm not going to pat them on the back while they're destroying their lives. I'm going to shake them and tell them to wake up. Come on, somebody. Amen. Right, I, I know that some of y'all just that you cringe at that. It's okay. It's okay. Amen. I didn't lose any friends that day. <laughs> but I gained a lot of respect. You understand what I'm talking about? You know, it wasn't too long doing that, and, and, and some of those guys started getting saved. Their lives started getting changed. Amen. Why? Because influence, why am I talking about this? Influence, you got to determine whether you're going to be the influencer or you're going to be influenced. Amen. I, I have a lot of people tell me, oh, it's so hard to live a Christian life in the world. I don't understand that. I, I, I don't, I'm not worried about their influence. I am the influence. Amen. I'm using myself because I want you to get this. I, when I say I, I say we. Amen. We are the influence. We influence our surroundings, and we have to learn to take control of our surroundings. Amen. Praise God. Be, guys are always apologizing for cussing around me. I don't mind that at all. Because I, whenever they do that, they'll, they'll start cussing, carrying on, and then they'll say, oh, sorry, preacher. And I'll say, hey, don't apologize to me. There's somebody bigger than me listening. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Oh, lighten up. Some of y'all just getting, you're, you're getting stressed out over this thing. It's just stressing you out. Oh. <laughs> Jesus said, repent. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The, the, the term at hand, it literally means that it's right here. It's available. That's what they were saying. The kingdom of, of heaven is available. It's within reach. You can touch it. It's part of you. It's, 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 it's right here. Can you imagine being, being really, really close to something that's absolutely great and, and somebody telling you it's there and you're not reaching out and getting it? That's what Jesus and John was saying. Say, hey, repent. Get in on this. You don't want to miss this. So he said, they said, repent for the kingdom of, of, of heaven is at, is at hand right now, available don't put it off. Jump in. In John chapter 3, verses 3 through 6, the second stage of entering the kingdom of God, after you repent, 
is this thing called being born again. In John chapter 3 and verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Amen. Jesus is, is making a designation here and helping us understand the separation because that which is born of flesh, our bodies, is born of the earth. Origin. He's talking about origin here. Our bodies is born of the earth. Dust thou art, and to dust you shall return. We are made from the earth. Our bodies have all of the chemicals and, and the... Um, can't think of the word I'm, I'm wanting to uh, say. Uh, the iron, the, the uh, aluminum, the, the minerals. Our body has all the same minerals and makeup as clay. I mean, that's why we take multivitamins, and we're, what we're doing is we're taking the ingredients of clay. Might as well just go get you some clay and eat it. I mean, you know, just... That grows some people out. But we're made, we're made of clay, and that's why we have to have minerals in our diet simply because that's what we're made of. So our bodies come from the earth. Our, body has, our bodies has, has all the makeup. But our spirit, Jesus said, whatever flesh, whatever is flesh is from the origin of flesh, which is the earth. Whatever is spirit is from the origin of the spirit, which is heaven. So he said, whatever's born of flesh is flesh. That's the birth of our bodies. But whatever is born of spirit is spirit, and that's the birth in our innermost being, our spirit man, that is, is the impartation of heaven. We literally receive. Now, if our bodies come, if our bodies have the makeup of everything that come, we come from the ground and we have all that chemistry, then the spirit in us has all of the makeup of where it come from, from heaven, the origin. And so Jesus said, you must be born again of spirit. There's more to this thing than just changing your mind. Changing your mind is the first step. But you, if you just have a change of mind, you're going to be miserable because you've got, in order to really enjoy a Christian life, you have to receive a download from heaven. You've got to receive this impartation, being born again of the Spirit, because that's where you come alive. That's where life enters you. That's where you go from darkness to light. Remember the verses been reading in Colossians that we, are, we have received an inheritance. He's qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And so we have received the spirit of light. And John chapter 1 says that that light is the life of men. And so there's a life that is born inside of us that is not common to flesh. Amen. That's what makes you different when you're a Christian. It makes you different because you've been born, you have received a birth of a different origin. 
You've received the birth of the origin of heaven, and, and it's come alive inside of you and empower you to be a child of God. You, you did not enter the kingdom of God by getting a green card or whatever else it is you get. You can't be a citizen without in, in heaven without carrying in your very being the DNA of heaven. Because it's not about just joining a kingdom, it's being birthed into the kingdom. In other words, you, be, you get birthed into the royal family. You receive the DNA of the king, of the royal family, and that's put inside of you. Praise God. If you, if you prayed and if you repented and there was no transformation took place in your life, don't stop praying. Don't stop seeking until you have a transformative encounter with the very presence of God because that's what empowers you to be a child of God. That's what changes your life. I'm afraid we've had a lot of people answer all the calls and, and, and have a momentary change of mind, but no, no heavenly impartation. And because of that, we end up discouraged and disappointed because it's not what they said it would be. Have you ever got something that wasn't what you, they said it would be? I did that just re recently buying insurance. I, I researched. I, I thought I found a really good insurance policy. Man, they sold it to me on the phone, and I, I wrote down all the things that they, they were saying. And so I agreed to it. I signed it. I, I got it. But when, when that, the first time we went to make a claim on that thing, we found out, no, that ain't covered. No, that ain't covered. No, that ain't. When I got down to it, it wasn't anything what I thought I was buying. I got an insurance policy that didn't have anything that they said it was going to have. You got to read the fine print. And that's disappointing, isn't it? Amen. That's disappointing. I let them run some tests on me because the doctor in insisted and, and cost me several thousand dollars. And I found out that insurance, the insurance said, no, we, we can't, we ain't going to pay for that. That ain't even covered in your insurance policy. And I got to look at and read the fine print and it wasn't covered in my insurance policy, but it wasn't outlined right out on the, on the front. And, and that was disappointing. Amen. Well, that's how people feel when they just repent, have a momentary change of, of heart. Because they come to church and the conviction of God got a hold of them and they, they changed their mind for a few minutes, but there was no impartation. There was nothing happened. There was no power. There was nothing that caused them to be able to come alive. So they, they live in a natural state trying to resist nature. That's hard. That's when it's hard to be a Christian. But when you've been born again, when you've been changed by the power of God, when you've received an impartation of the very Spirit of God, it no longer is hard to be a child of God. Now it's, it's, it's detestable to you to go back to your former ways because you see it for what it is, destruction, and, and, and nothing good comes out of it. It's all stealing. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. There is a power in salvation when you enter the kingdom of God. It is not just changing your mind and deciding to live by a different set of rules. It is receiving an all-powerful impartation that gives you the ability to be a child of God. Amen. You don't, you don't try to be a child of God. You are birthed into the kingdom and you become a child of God. Amen. 
Praise God. I've, I've had a lot of people tell me, say, I, you know, I, I'm trying to live a Christian life. I say, but, you know, I, don't try. Just be. Be. Let what's in you come out. I mean, let it be. Praise God. Let it be. When we understand that we're a citizen of heaven because we've been birthed into the kingdom of heaven, it changes everything. I no longer am somebody trying to receive what is in the kingdom. I now live in the kingdom. Amen. I now live in the I, I anticipate what belongs to a resident of the kingdom. Amen. You say, well, that means that there's no battles or struggles. I got to tell you something. The Bible says that since John came preaching the gospel, the kingdom of heaven is other violence, and the violent take it by force. Yes, you have an enemy, and yes, he hates you, and yes, he doesn't want you to have anything, and he will try to keep you from it. He'll try to keep you from having your inheritance. He'll try to get you to deceive yourself. He'll try to rob you of everything, but you got to take your stand and say, that is not what's going to happen to me because I know who my daddy is, and I know what he has, and I know what belongs to me. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I don't have peace because I'm trying to have peace. I have peace because I've received peace. It's been imparted to me. And in order for me to have that, I've got to meditate on it, and I've got to establish it in my heart that this is who I am. Amen. This is who I am. Praise God. That's, that, that's not an easy thing for me, you know, to be at peace. Because I'm a, I'm a, I'm high strung. <laughs> I like, when I decide to do something, when I get the earth, when I to think this needs to be done, all of a sudden it should have been done three days ago. I don't know why I can't start something and, and just look at it and say, okay, you know, this is the process. All of a sudden I'm behind. It should have been done already. You know, I work by the hour at work and you'd swear that I'm contracting you know, on the job because I can't seem to slow down and just, and just, you know, just do it. You know, I, I, I tear into it. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. I got to get this done. I got to get this done. got to get this, you know, whipping her down. When I used to work with my father-in-law, we used to work together, doing electrical down, down on the marinas, and I'd get to working putting the conduit together under the decks and everything, putting the wire in, and I'd get to going, and pretty soon he, he, would, be, he would be just working along there, and pretty soon he'd say, here, here, just sit down. I'd look at him and say, what? He said, you're going like a house of fire. Just sit down. Just be still a minute. Slow down. <laughs> I'd say, we were getting a lot done. You know, let's, let's do this thing. He said, he said we're, we don't have to have it done today. Just, just slow down. So when, when, when you don't know that naturally, then you have to pull at it supernaturally. You have to pull on a supernatural piece. You know, I, I see a lot of people talking about, you know, this, they, they have this idea of this peaceful state, you know, with snowing outside and got to sitting by the fire and, you know, just relaxing by the fire and, and stuff. I try to wrap my mind around that. I have a fireplace. And I try to sit by the fireplace and relax. The more I sit there, the more tense I get, especially if it's snowing outside because you know what you're supposed to do when it's snowing outside? You're supposed to be out there challenging, and I mean going for it, you know? 
I was raised that way. Anytime it started snowing, my dad had to go to town. And it wasn't because we needed anything. He'd, sometimes he'd say, hey, let's get in the car and see if we can make it to town. <laughs> and we'd go to town and back. Not because there was any reason. Just because we had to see if we could do it. So I grew up that way. <laughs> we we got to challenge that thing. My my idea, this this I told Sister Betty this other day. I said, you know what? I said, I, I try, I have been trying and trying and trying to embrace embrace that thing. You know? I have people say, boy, it'd be nice to be sitting in Colorado, snow falling outside, sitting by you know, fire in a cabin somewhere, you know, and stuff like that. And I try to I try to wrap my mind around that. My favorite place where I relax the most is on my Harley with wind hitting me. And sometimes the stronger the wind, the better. I mean, when it's trying to blow you off the road, it's like, oh, man, this is nice. That's when it's exciting. You relax. My favorite vacation that I've ever taken was down in South Padre Island for the first time we rented a condo that was right on the ocean and we sit on about the fifth floor back on the back balcony and the wind would blow hard and, and just the sound of the waves, the wind was blowing just ferocious. I would sit out there and sleep. It was just so relaxing. It's like, oh man, this is awesome. But if everything just stops, I'd get up from there and go inside the, the condo and it's like, The relaxing was over with. It was still. It was quiet. You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all surely know what I'm talking about. I was coming back from Padre Island one time on, on my, my Harley, would take, taking Betty down there to drive her parents home, and I was coming back by myself, and the wind was blowing. It was gusting up to 60 mile an hour, and I never even thought to think about, you know, think, well, maybe I shouldn't leave today because the wind's blowing. And so we're going along, I turn on 77 going north, and as I'm going up through there, the wind's blowing hard, you know, and then all of a sudden this gust of wind hits me that goes underneath my helmet, picks me up off the bike, pushes me over into center median, and I'm trying to control the bike and get it back on, got back out on the road, and the wind hit me again. These 60 mile an hour gusts hit me from the side, and I was all over the road, and we were laying the, I was laying the bike down like this, throttling into it, and fighting this thing, and and. We, I did that for a few minutes, and I got to laughing and hollering, is that all you got? <laughs> Come on. It was awesome. I enjoyed it. I was so relaxed. Then I, then I finally, after about two or three hours on that road, I turned and headed with the wind at my back, and it was howling. I mean howling. And I had to drive fast on that bike because that, that fairing on the front, that windshield, the wind was catching that thing and dragging me all over the road like a sail. I mean, just I was having a hard time controlling the bike because the wind was coming behind me and was pulling me down the road. So what's a man to do? I had to go faster than the wind. Man, we were sailing. We were doing good. When, when something is not in us naturally, like with me, peace and patience, I have to pull on that from a spiritual point that is from my DNA in heaven. And because of that, 
There are, I can actually access that peace, and I can receive, when in times of tension, I can actually receive that peace and calm down. Amen. But I have to receive it from a place that is not from my original origin. I have to receive it from my second birth, the Spirit, our origin. Romans chapter 8, I'm almost finished. Romans chapter 8, how many is born again today? Are you born of the Spirit? You are not a citizen of this earth only. You are a citizen of heaven. And you have access today because you are born. You have the birthright. You've got the birthright right here in your hand. And when things aren't going right in your life, you need to get that birthright and say, I know what it says. I know what God gave me. I know what my birthright is. I know I'm a child of the king. And I know that I'm going to receive what God has for me. I'm going to walk in his kingdom. Amen. Because I am a child of the king. Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you, are, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit. The word Abba there is a very intimate term and and word we use for that is daddy abba father very intimate relationship verse 16 the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of god and if children then heirs of god and joint heirs with christ if indeed we suffer with him then we may also be glorified together very powerful scripture i know a lot of us has read this for years and we probably heard message after message on it, but I wonder if we've really got it. We are heirs of God. We are born of the Spirit. We are, by the Spirit of adoption, we now cry, Abba, Father. We're not trying to get into the kingdom. We're not trying to get God to adopt us. He already has brought us into the kingdom of God, and we are his sons and his daughters. We are the children of God. And the Bible says that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Joint heir. You know what a joint heir is? We get everything that the heir gets. We're on the same level. That ain't fair for Jesus, but by his grace, he made it possible for us to be on the same level. He, he led us in to his position. Amen. We are, he is the firstborn, the, and we are the church of the firstborn. There's not first, second, third generations here. Every one of you that is born again have been birthed into the position of Christ. Therefore, we have access to everything Jesus has access, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us, and he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He's given us everything that we have need of today if we'll just learn how to access that and incorporate it into our life to where it is what dominates our life. We've got to change our mindset. 
We've got to change what we operate out of. The value system of heaven has got to become our value system. Amen. Praise God. Where we, where we understand what we've got and we understand what we have received. His love is amazing. Oh, there's not a love like, like the love of the Father. Praise God. You're not going to be mistreated, kicked out in this family. Praise God. There, 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 are, there are some some sons and daughters that don't act like the king, and they'll give you fits. Amen. <laughs> they'll give they're, they're, we, we've, got, we've got people that just simply don't emulate or act like they belong to Jesus, and they will discourage you and disappoint you if you're not careful. Amen. I've had 40 years of it. I've had people talk to me worse in the church than any, any time in the world. I've, I've seen some of the worst behavior in church and in, in Christians than I have anywhere. And some people would say, well, that just, that, that just would just disappoint me, and I wouldn't even serve Jesus anymore. Hold it. Hold the phone. They don't represent Jesus. Amen. They're acting like their father, the devil. If it walks like a duck, you know what I'm talking about? Praise God. If their behavior isn't right, don't blame Jesus for it. Blame them for it. Amen. There have been times I've, you know, I've fleshed out on people. You know, sometimes you have bad days. How many understand that? You want to make them few and far between. Especially if, if I come to the point of fleshing out, there's usually no return. You know, it's, it's not, I tell Betty all the time, I say, you don't ever, nobody has ever actually seen me angry. She says, I have too. I said, no, you have seen me fighting being angry, but you've never seen me angry. You don't, we don't want to go there. Nobody does. But guess what? There's times that you have bad days. There's time that the pressure eats you up and tell you, you you're having a hard time. You start forgetting who you are. You, for, you, stop, you start, stop forgetting that you have a DNA inside of you that's from heaven, and you start accessing that DNA from earth, and next thing you know, you make a mistake. But let's quit blaming God for that. That's our, that's our silly humanity that waffles back and forth sometimes. We, we don't always do this thing right. I know, I know I'm supposed to get up here and, pre, and, and let you know that I've, you know, I've done it, I've conquered it, I'm perfect, I'm wonderful, and you'd be like me, woo! I hear those kind of messages all the time, and it's like... Because I've lived behind the scenes for 40 years, I know a lot of preachers, and I know every one of them mess up. Amen. But you know what? People love the show. People, people are addicted to the fantasy today. And if a preacher will get up and, and, and give you a fantasy, you can pack the house out. I'm not going to give you a fantasy. I'm going to bring you to the battle and make you an overcomer in the battle. Amen. I'm going to show you what the fight's like. Praise God. I'm going to show you what the I'm going to bring you and let you get busted in the nose a couple of times and then show you how to keep from getting busted in the nose. I ain't going to give you some fantasy that when you become a Christian, everything just rosy and cheery and your bank account fills up and your house expands to $500,000 home and all that kind of stuff. I ain't going to give you that. I'm going to tell you that the devil hates you. He wants to steal everything from you. He's against you, but you got a God that's for you and you got to learn who to, who to vote for. 
in your life. You got to learn who to take sides with. You got to take sides with God. Amen. Because we're in a war, we're in a battle. When you change sides, the devil, if he can't get you back, then he wants to isolate you and stop you. But you got to remember who you are. Amen. Praise God. That's as far as I'm going to get today. We, we, need to, we need to grab hold of this and realize that you, you have been birthed into the kingdom of God. You didn't, just, you didn't just join a belief system. You were birthed into the kingdom. You are now a child of the living God, and you've got you've to start accessing that every single day. That's why I'm talking about rehearsing this over and over and over. For the next several weeks, we need to rehearse this over and over and over because if you don't, you won't think like it. You'll think like a natural person fantasizing about kingdom things. But if you rehearse this, if you get it in your brain, if you get it established in your heart, then you will, you will begin to conduct your life and walk in the DNA that God has given you from heaven, and you'll start thinking like and acting like and being like. Amen. How many have to remind yourself sometimes? I'm a child of God. Amen. Sometimes you got to remind yourself. Sometimes other people have to remind you. I snapped at somebody one day at a, at a bank and didn't really, I mean, didn't say anything bad. It's just my, my tone of voice was just, you know, I, I can be very direct. That's what Betty tells me anyway. And I was real, you know, I was real direct with this person. And Sister Betty in her calm little voice said, well, Pastor Snyder, why don't you invite her to church now? Sometimes you got to be reminded of who you are. Amen. Of course, at that point, I'm sure my face was blood red and there was steam coming out my ears because I knew she was right and that made it twice as bad. I was caught. But we have DNA from heaven. Now listen, the DNA from earth and the DNA from heaven is at war. The spirit fights against the flesh and the flesh fights against the spirit. We have to determine who's going to win this battle. And what you focus on the most and what you apply and what you rehearse the most in your heart and in your mind is, is what's going to win this battle. Amen. That's what you're going to become like. Stand with me today if you would. Hallelujah. Kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Praise God. The kingdom of God is at hand. What if I, what if I had a brand new Porsche, which I, I don't, but what if, what if I did? Most of you'd be mad at me, but what if, what if I did have a brand new Porsche? And I was holding the keys out like this within just a couple of feet from you. And I said, you can have this if you want it. It's at hand. It's within reach. What would you have to do? Seth's ready. <laughs> Give me that thing. 
you got to take possession. Amen. You got to take possession. A lot of us, a lot of us act like, okay, God, I'll, I'll, I'll hang on to, to this for you. What was it, Jesus? What was the parable that Jesus said to the person that held on to the talent for Jesus? Unfaithful, unprofitable. What happened to the ones that took possession of what he gave them and, they, and used it and invested it and brought back more? Oh, he's happy with them. God has invested in you who he is. He's invested in you his talent. And he's want, wanting you to take advantage of it, not just hang on to it for him. He's wanting you to invest it. Take possession. Father, we just thank you today for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for your word. Lord, I pray today, Lord God, that we can absorb the word of God into our very being, Lord God, that the DNA of God can be released in our very being. Thank you, Father. God, that your DNA can just be released.